Welcome to the Write Your Book in a Flash podcast featuring top business leaders. You'll learn how successful people just like you have grown their businesses, expanded their influence, and made money by writing a book. On each episode, you'll learn the inside secrets to help you create a book that can serve as a powerful marketing tool to skyrocket your business. I'm your host, Dan Janelle. I help thought leaders, business executives, and entrepreneurs write their books. To find out more, go to writeyourbookinaflash.com. Welcome, everyone. I'm delighted to welcome our guest today, Joel Kahn. Joel, say hi to everyone and introduce yourself, please. Greetings, everyone. And Dan, I'm Joel Kahn. I'm a uh, lifelong internet entrepreneur. Been at it since 1995. Yes, we, we are both entrepreneurs. I wrote one of the first books about marketing on the internet in 1993, and Joel was right there at every conference and trade show that I was at for many years. So we're all yes, friends. We go way back. It's great to see you. And you, you've written a lot of books. We can go in a lot of different directions. Um, but I want to take a slightly different approach for your newest book, which is called The Fun Formula. You're obviously a thought leader in many areas from the internet to cryptocurrency to advertising online and such like that. We might touch on some of those as well. But you've actually pivoted here to something that was not in what we would think would be in your domain. Tell us about that journey, please. I don't know what my domain is. I think my domain is whatever is interesting to me at the moment, whatever has my attention. And uh, the fun formula is actually my most personal book because it's a, um, it's a reverse engineering of my successes and my failures. And it's what I call the anti-hustle and grind book. I think the mentality of the hustle and grind that's put out there in pop culture is not only helpful, but actually dangerous. This notion that you're supposed to work, work, work around the clock, and it's the only way to success. What I discovered when I looked at my successes and my failures is that when I was working my butt off, usually that led to moderate success at best and often serious failure. It's the when I did the least amount of effort and I followed my own fun, my own passion, my own interests and curiosity and creativity that actually had the greatest success. You know, if that happened just one time, okay, great. If it happened twice, could be a fluke. But the fact that I can point to that again and again and again and again in all my biggest successes tells me there's something to it. That's fantastic. I love that because a lot of my clients say, you know, what do I write about? I'm an expert in this area. What's been different? How do I find something new to write about? And you obviously have done that just by doing what was obvious to you. I did that three years ago when I wrote my book, Write Your Book in a Flash. And I said, you know, what am I good at? What can I do that other people have difficulty doing? And it wasn't the PR because that to me was kind of boring. I've been, been there, done that. It's on autopilot. can do it in my sleep. What's interesting, what's challenging was writing a book and helping other people write a book. And, you know, it's been good for me. And this fun book looks like it'll be good for you. You are marketing this book in a different way than any of the other, the 40 plus people that I've interviewed on my podcast, and that is you're doing video. Tell us about that whole process and how you use video to promote your books. Well, I've been using video since the beginning of, uh, almost the beginning of YouTube. I think my first YouTube video was in 2006, and I started doing live video in a weekly show from my office back in 2008, 12 years ago when Ustream.tv came out. So for me, video's always been a powerful 
marketing tool and, and I've used it probably for all of my books. I think that what's happened in the last few years is we've had the rise of live video and you know, live video gives you that opportunity to go online, whether it's on Facebook or Periscope or YouTube or wherever and tell stories to people, share ideas and have them immediately engage with you so that it becomes instead of a one way, um, you know, presentation, it becomes a conversation. And I found that with fun formula, it's just way more conducive to create an environment where you can have a conversation with people than just to shoot video. That's a one way message. Great. Let's talk more about that. What platform do you use and how do you promote it so that people attend? Yeah. So, you know, it really helps to have a following to begin with. Right. And so on Twitter, I've had that following. I've got about a quarter or three quarters of a million people following me. So when I go live on Periscope, I've got an instant audience, you know, in just a matter of minutes, there's 50 to a hundred people that are watching and then people going down their Twitter stream will see me in there. So, you know, there's, you don't really need to do too much promotion. Now, if I wasn't so lazy, um, then I could pre-promote and say, Hey, I'm going, live. Now, Facebook, I'm a little bit more optimized because I use a tool called BeLive, B.Live. Uh, it allows you to go to Facebook Live, but do some cool things with it, like guest people in from your desktop, up to four people total. It allows you to prepare lower thirds, put people's names under it, do some interesting uh, frames and you know brand it with your logo. And so with BeLive, I schedule out my shows in advance. They go to Facebook and say, hey, Joel's going live on such and such day and time. This is going to be the topic or this is going to be his guest. And then people can click set reminder. So that way they get a notification when that actually does go live. And I find that to be really effective. Also, uh, watch parties, I think, are probably the most powerful tool for live video that Facebook has going right now. They're definitely putting a priority uh, notifying your followers and fans when you start and begin a watch party of another video. So sometimes I'll start a video of my own and then create a watch party to another one of my pages and uh, it alerts more people that I'm going live. So the watch party is a live event. Yes. It is. And very, it's probably the most effective way. You know, Facebook is constantly trying to figure out, we roll out this new feature, how much weight do we put on people using this feature? We don't want to overwhelm them with notifications, but yet we want to let them know that this thing is happening. And usually when a feature is newer, that's when they tend to skew towards too much. Um, watch parties have kind of gone past that early phase. And now I think they've got it fine tuned pretty good. How soon in advance do you promote your watch parties? Uh, well, you, you don't really promote the watch party. You promote that you're going live. Mm -hmm. um, the watch party just happens because you can't really pre-promote it unless you make a post that says, hey, I'm going to be doing a watch party. But by the time people see that, they forget. Attention span is short. So the key is to schedule your video in advance, encourage people to set the notification for it. And then when you go live, tell them, hey, you can start a watch party too. You know, don't just share this. Don't just like it or comment on it. But if you're interested, then the odds are you want your friends to know about it. So go ahead and click start a watch party. And that's a better method than sharing it. Got it. Great. Thanks. Good advice. On your Amazon page, I noticed that you have video testimonials uh, and you also have a 
a, a book trailer that you created yourself. Well, can you tell us more about those? Did you encourage those people to post those videos or were there, you're just deal with a lot of leading edge people who know how to do this? Well, you know, I definitely think if you're going to have an Amazon author page, take advantage of everything that they give you to do. It's an author central and they allow you to upload videos that go along with some of your books. They allow you to connect your Twitter account. So your tweets show up, how to connect your blog to it. So that blog posts show up. I don't know how popular. I don't know how often people go to author pages, but Amazon is so big that you may as well take advantage of the fact that they give that to you. Mm -hmm. And so tell us about how you created your book trailer. What elements did you want to have in there and how did you decide what the optimal length was? Well, I don't know that I've ever found the optimal length to, to be candid, but I think, you know, because it depends. Every story people say, how long do I need to go live? How long should my video be? And I'm always, my answer is as long as it needs to be to tell your story effectively. And that's going to vary based on the, the depth of your story, how much information is needed to connect with people, whether or not there's going to be guests involved. So with me, when I shoot a video, I usually want people to see me. So we have that per personal connection. I'll usually start by asking them a question to get them engaged in thinking about their own situation. And then I tell them about the solution that I have. Um, you know, in cases like this, when you're talking about a book, the question, the pain point is either going to connect or it's not. If it doesn't connect, then it doesn't matter what else you're going to say because you've lost them already. If it does connect, hurry up and get to the solution quickly. You know, brevity is the soul of wit, said Shakespeare, or at least he's credited with it. Mm -hmm. There's probably some other guy that was like, I said that first. <laughs> <laughs> Shakespeare's like, fight me. Uh, so I, I like to keep, you know, promotional videos down to about two minutes. I feel like that is in our short attention span age enough. So it's find the, the pain, provide the solution and direct them to how to apply that solution. In this case, it's go to funformulabook.com and get your copy now and get all the bonuses that come with it. Great. So do you want people to go to your website or do you want people to go to Amazon? Um, well, if they go to the website, they, I think they get more promotion. Like I'm pulling up my, my website right now, funformulabook.com. It's been so long since I've looked at it because the book came out in summer 2018. Uh, it is my newest and I'm not working on another one now. And it's also what I would consider my most evergreen book. Uh, you know, if you go back and read the AdSense code, Google AdSense has changed a lot. If you go back and read the first Twitter power from 11 years ago, kind of need an update because Twitter's <laughs> changed. But, you know, the stories and uh, teaching from this book is something that I think, you know, we've got a good 20 years. This is, this is really evergreen. And so I encourage them to go to the website first because if they put in their receipt number after they go by, then they get all these bonuses that they don't get if they miss the website and go directly to Amazon. Great. Um, I know that uh, I want this this podcast to be evergreen, but there's no denying that we're doing this in April of 2020 when most of the nation is in a lockdown. Right. Um, I'm assuming that you wrote this book to get keynote speeches because it's such an uplifting and powerful and inspirational idea. Walk us through the whole process, please, of how you use the book to get your speeches in the past and how you'll use it in the future. 
So uh, it, it's a it's a good assumption. It's not the only reason. Uh, you know, you know this as well as I do that you don't write books to sell books. You write books to behave as a vehicle to take you other places. And you know, it might be keynotes, it might be interviews, it might be media appearances, it might be joint ventures. When I approach doing a book, it usually is inclusive of all of those things, and I open myself to whatever opportunities might come. I realize that I have something I want to say, and I don't know where it's necessarily going to take me. I just know that it's going to take me somewhere. So it has led to keynotes. It has led to joint ventures. It has led to media appearances. It's done all of these things. And uh, by not having a single goal, um, two things happen. One, it leaves me open to possibilities. And two, as a, um, a shout back to the book itself, it's me exercising my fun formula. It's following my creativity and doing what I want to do, taking the risk and trusting the process because that those are the three components of the fun formula. It's being, you know, following your curiosity, it's taking risks, and then it's allowing whatever happens in this crazy world to happen and not having this single minded focus on what I need to happen rather than being open to opportunities. And that is a huge part of my success over my 25 years as an online entrepreneur. I love it. I, I, I see myself in that too. It's like we plan, we plan, we plan. And then all of a sudden things explode. I mean, if you told me the PR leads would be in business 20 years uh, this year, I, I would have been more amazed than anyone else. It, it grew because people liked it. It helped people. They told their friends about it. And I just sat back and you know collected online payments for every day for the next 20 years. Which Congratulations is- on that too. That is a lot of longevity. Uh, <laughs> there's, there's other than my own, you know, self succeeding for 25 years, there's not one thing that I've done that's lasted, you know, that long of a season, uh, you know, certain books, you know, I taught AdSense for six, seven years. I taught Twitter for six years. Uh, you know, I fart. If you told me that when I was a kid that one day I would make hundreds of thousands of dollars and have millions of downloads of a, a fart machine, you know, on the smartphone, I would have said, okay, sounds great. Let me rehearse more now. Um, and it's really <laughs> funny because the app came out in 2008. And just two weeks ago, on April Fool's actually, you would have thought it was a joke. The app went back to number one in the entertainment category in the app store, number 14 of all apps in the world. I, you know, almost 12 years later, that type of resurgence, I wouldn't have seen that coming. So I guess you could say uh, the app had great hang time. Yeah, yeah, it, it definitely has its own flavor and uh, left its mark, shall we say, and yes. we will leave the puns there. <laughs> Although there are so many more. There's so I'm, I'm sure you're the king of them. Uh, yes. We won't go there. But you bring up AdSense. Uh, let's, let's, let's talk about advertising your book. Do you do any uh, ads on Facebook or Amazon to promote your books? You know, I really don't um, I, because I'm not about the book sales. I'm about awareness. I want people talking about it. Um, you know, I try to get them into the hands of people that I think are influential, you know, friends and business associates that would take a look at it and provide an honest review. And if they like it, share it with their audience. I don't do much paid advertising. Personally, I'm not good at it on my own. I love collecting ad checks, but I really don't do much Facebook and I don't do any Google ads. Uh, 
um, at all. But I found that influencer marketing and word of mouth is more effective. Um, I think there's more like, know, and trust built into that from the get-go and um, more cost-effective for sure. Can you give us some ideas on how to uh, work effectively with influencers? I mean, they must get bombarded left and right. And you're somewhat of an influencer. I mean, you are an influencer. You have a name. People know you. Um, but among the new generation of influencers, maybe they don't. Uh, they, they don't know who I am anymore. My generation has. Right. For the old guys. What, what advice do you have for dealing with uh, the next generation of influencers? So I, I personally have not, you know, unless I know people and have a relationship with them, I don't make an ask. And when I do make an ask, it's a very casual ask. If I were to reach out to somebody that I didn't know for an ask, I would make sure that I understood what they're all about first, what they like to talk about, what their audience is interested in. And I would see what needs of theirs I could help meet. I would offer something to help them before I asked anything of them. You know, it's an age old principle, right? Is if you want to make friends and influence people, then be a giver first or go giver as our friend Bob Berg would mm-hmm. say. Well, definitely, definitely. Don't expect that people are, just because you have an offer, I mean, you and I both, we get emails from people and they tell us about this wonderful offer they have and how much money we can make if we'll just promote their offer. I don't read them. I just instantly delete them. If I don't have a relationship with you, same thing on LinkedIn. You connected with me. You said, hey, I see you're into this. And then I accept your connection. And the first message I get from you is you want me to promote something or go buy something. That is an instant unfollow and remove connection because you're not interested in actually having a relationship of any kind. You're just interested in what I could do for you. And so I don't want to do that with other people. I want to make sure that I do something for them or as I like to say, do good stuff. Exactly. That's a great way to end our interview today. Do you have any final tips for people and also uh, segue into um, how people can get in touch with you? I'll, I'll tag right on that last statement I said is, you know, do good stuff, put good out there without expecting something in return. And I'm not saying that there isn't a place for doing business deals. There is, but just as a general way of life, Put good out there. You know, this is why when people ask me to do a podcast interview, I, I say yes. The only time I say no, it's really a not now. It's like I'm overwhelmed. There's too much going on. Or I feel like I'm burned out on doing interviews. And if I did this with you, I wouldn't give you my best. In which case I say, contact me in three months. And then I always do it. Uh, without expecting anything in return. And unless I'm dealing with a, a big corporation, I'm not going to ask to get paid for you know, doing their webinar. Put good out there and trust that when you do, you're helping people. When you're helping people, good always comes back to you. And uh, you can find me at joelcom.com. Yes, com is my real last name with two Ms. And uh, I am on all of the socials at joelcom. Fantastic. Thank you, Joel, for joining us today. Thanks for listening to Top Business Leaders, the only podcast that shows you exactly how people just like you have built their businesses by writing a book. If you'd like to write your book but don't know where to start, you can find great information at writeyourbookinaflash.com. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back next week with another insightful interview to help you become a top business leader.